think that many look for only the the positive, right? What data is really going to amplify us? And of course you want that, right? But I think it's also important to perhaps, maybe not elevate, but to spotlight data that shows the gap. Because in the gap, there might be some gray space of where you might be able to really leverage and to tell a story that's fresh and new. Hey everyone, it's Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And today in the studio, I'm joined by Camille Curry, the VP of Marketing and Communications at NAF. Hey Camille, how are you doing? I'm wonderful, Noah. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And I'm excited to dig in and learn more about what marketing and communications at NAF really looks like. But before we do that, could you give us some background on how you got here? What was the squiggle that got you into doing marketing and communications at a nonprofit? Mm, such a great question. And I love squiggle because I've had quite a few throughout my career. Um, I'll first start you know, by saying as a child, I always was really um, invested in and in, integrated into community relations, um, civic outreach, anything that really supported and helped communities like mine, but also just people in need. And also my mother is an educator. So I always had the uh, community piece and the mission-driven piece, but also education. And then on the other side, which is a little bit of the opposite, but maybe not really, um, I've always been a huge sports fan and athlete. And so, you know, when I was thinking through what it looked like for me going to college and the career I really wanted to focus in, you know, I really focused in sports and the first 12, 13 years um, of my career was in sports, sports marketing, sports PR, and loved it. It was amazing. But what I found was that while I was still in my professional um, life working in sports, personally, I was still connected to my community and wanted to give back and wanted to find a way that I could somehow tie my love for uh PR and, and marketing with sports, but also with my community. And I couldn't quite find that connection. Um, and then COVID happened. And in many ways, obviously, that was a reset for everyone. Um, some not so good, obviously. And but also it was a time during COVID where people really reset their careers. They started reflecting. Many people became entrepreneurs. And for me, I really thought that was my time to, to squiggle, if you will, um, transition into more mission-driven, purpose-driven work. And that was my time. And so that's when I transitioned from sports to nonprofit. And it has been, you know, the most rewarding time in my career. Really excited to bring my my love for comms, my love for marketing to organizations that and communities that are really under-resourced. Um, and if I can have that small piece of impact in my career, that's what has really drawn me to it. And and I'm, I'm happy to be here about six years in. <laughs> That's excellent. I'm excited to get into your background in sports marketing and how it informs how you do nonprofit marketing. But before we do that, I want to set some context. So for those that are unfamiliar with NAF, could you give us just kind of the two minute version of what it is? And then what is marketing and communications responsible for at NAF? Sure. Great. So NAF, I'm so thrilled to be an honor to be working with such a storied organization. Uh, but NAF, we're a national education nonprofit and we support high school students' uh, future readiness, right? And what that looks like is we couple uh, career-focused curriculum with hands-on learning or what the industry calls work-based learning, 
with industry connections because our goal is to ensure that all students, no matter of their um, background or capability, are future ready. And future ready is different for many students. It could be college. It could be directly into the workforce. And so through our design and our programming, um, that's what we do. And so we focus in five key areas in thriving industries where students receive hands-on learning, where we bring the workplace into the classroom, and where they receive career-focused curriculum teaching. So the five areas that are our main primary areas are finance, health sciences, hospitality and tourism, engineering, and IT. And how it looks at NAF, at a NAF Academy across the country is where students can enroll. It's open enrollment. It's free at any time throughout their high school journey. Um, and they continue to grow and learn with a small, small cohort of students throughout their four years. And so they are learning with their, with their peers and really helping define the future for themselves. You know, NAF started um, in the early 1980s, one, one academy in Brooklyn, New York, um, and has grown over the last 40 plus years to be 600 plus academies and 35 straight, 35 states. And we're supporting over 100,000 students. Um, and we've actually seen and documented 500,000 students um, that have come through the NAF Academy hallways, if you will, um, in that time. And so what we know about our work is that it's really impactful, life-changing, and transformative. And so we're really proud of the work that we do. And in regards to the marketing, it's really it's really exciting, but it can be challenging. I'm sure all nonprofit marketers can say the same, right? At NAF, which is really interesting, is that we are marketing to six different audience groups. And that's a lot, <laughs> right? We have our students, we have our alumni, educators, um, business professionals, business partners, policy makers, and donors. And so what that looks like for us is that at the core of our marketing communications is storytelling. We really strip down. And what I love about sort of you talked about in this podcast before is stripping down that marketing conversation. That's exactly what we do in our, on our marketing and comms team. We strip down what it really means to be a part of a NAF Academy and what are the, what is the value proposition for all of our many different audience groups, right? And so we focus on storytelling and everything that we do. On the marketing side, over the last couple of years, and I've been at NAF now two years, we're really focusing on our digital marketing and finding a way to tell the story in a fresh, compelling way, six different times, six different audiences um, on many different marketing channels. And so for us, we're always trying to dig deeper and find a, a, and find something fresh and new to say, um, a, of course, that aligns with our mission of reaching students and ensuring that they're future ready. Absolutely. Um, just want to highlight, it's incredible, the mission that you all have at NAF. And I love that as someone who has three kids as well, this idea of future readiness, it's not a defined future, it's just future readiness. And I think that's so impactful to hear, because even in my journey where it's like, the future for each of my kids might look completely different. But that idea of like wanting future readiness resonates really well with me of like, I would want that for other kids as well, because that's what I would, I want from for my kids, that idea that they are just ready for whatever the future, their future looks like. And then blending that with that peer-to-peer -peer influence of we are all becoming future ready together is such an impactful thing. And it sounds like there's cohorts over time too. So you're journeying towards that future 
in partnership yes. together. That's amazing. Exactly. And to your point, Noah, especially with you, your three children, as you said, you don't know what their future will hold or what they want their future to be for themselves, right? And so what we know at NAF is that college is not necessarily the answer for all students, right? We support students who want to go to college, but there are also students who want to go to trade school after high school. They want to take a couple years off and figure out what they want to do. They want to travel the world. They want to go to the military or they want to go directly into the workforce. And so we support that. And what we know is that through our design, students are receiving the skills, all the skills that they need to be successful in whatever their next chapter is of their life. And so we do that through all the different methods of the career-focused curriculum. That hands-on learning is really the the, the secret sauce to our, to our work, if you will, because if you can go into a, a workforce or a workplace and say, wow, I thought I was interested in being an accountant, let's say, but then I met the operations person or I met the marketing person that works at the finance company, that's actually what I want to do. And for us, it's about exposing students to just the possibilities that they may not have been aware of before. And so that if we expose them and we support them, then they can choose the future that they want for themselves. And we're really, we feel really confident and we know through the the proof and the data and what students tell us and alumni tell us is that, you know, their NAF experience is really transformative because they receive the skills that they need to be future ready and whatever that is. Absolutely. And we kicked off this call talking about squiggles, right? And I think most people's futures are squiggly. And so being ready for that squiggle in a variety of different ways versus a singular path is is clearly important. And speaking of singular paths, is you brought up something where you're trying to speak to six audiences. And I think many of our listeners can likely resonate with that, not only in the challenge to be able to effectively do that, but more of like the bandwidth to manage across of that. So how do you all think about dedicating resources to those stakeholder groups and even designing campaigns that make sure that they're not conflicting and really just getting all the work done? <laughs> what does that actually look like in balancing six key audiences? Uh, it, it looks sometimes chaotic, sometimes smooth. You know, I think every day it looks a little different, to be quite honest with you. Um but, you know, I'm really pleased um, to work with a really talented group of marketers, right, across the country. Um, because our organization is nationwide, so is the team. And, you know, we really focus um, our work into really three channels or actually now four channels of, of the marketing and communication team. There's the digital marketing. There's the creative and branding. We have event marketing now. And then also traditional comms and PR. And, you know, we... <laughs> You know, we divide and conquer, but we really start, honestly, Noah, at understanding where our audience groups, where where are they? Where do we need to meet them, right? And so, you know, parents are one, in one area, policymakers are somewhere else. We know that educators like to receive their information through email newsletters or they're on Facebook. Um, and so for us, it's really about first identifying where are our audience is. And we've done that in several different ways, surveys. You know, obviously um, using different um, online data platforms so we can target where they are. And then we also know exactly, for the most part, where are and what our audiences are talking about and what resonates with them. And so when we're developing campaigns, and I know we'll get into that a little bit, we're really thinking about the content 
that's going to really make an impact? What is the action that we want to inspire through our different through our different marketing assets, right? And so on a daily basis, you know, we I'm thinking through with my team and reevaluating and testing what is it that we can do a little bit different and fresher. And, you know, annually, obviously, we have a marketing um, strategy and communication strategy, but we really look at it almost on a, on a monthly basis to make sure that we're hitting the marks that we want to hit and we are improving all the different areas of our marketing efforts. Yeah, I think the the summary of that answer is it's a lot to handle, but I think being able to divide <laughs> and conquer across um, some of the disciplines you mentioned but then also making yes. sure that you're always focusing back on the market first, the segment first, and then crafting what I call the ings yes. that you should use to engage that market. It's market ing, not ing market. <laughs> right. And often we get that so confused yes. where we're like, oh, we have all these things. Now we're going to send them to the market. And what you're saying is the way that you stay disciplined and be able to work across those segments or what I'm hearing is by staying focused on the segments and then doing only the things that are going to help you engage or cultivate connection with that audience. And that's good marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You know, the the beginning, I think the foundation um, is in the messaging and the narrative, right? So I think that in our case at NAV, we're in a good position where our marketing and our marketing and communications teams are one. And so we have that close collaboration where we really understand what each team is doing, obviously for the overall mission. Um, but, you know, for me, we always start with the messaging. Really, what is it that we're trying to say as a whole, as an organization? What do we want to share in the marketplace across the board with all of our different audiences? And then from there, what are the different um, primary messages that are going to, again, resonate with each audience? And that's what we use as our foundation in all of our campaigns. What is it going to stick with students? What's going to stick with educators and so on and so forth? And that's been really you know, successful for us over the last, over the last again, 40 years, but I've been at NAF for two. Excellent. Well, let's double tap on some of those campaigns you mentioned. Could you share a marketing initiative strategy or campaign that kind of like outperformed expectations? And what did you learn from doing that campaign? And how do you pull that forward into your marketing efforts? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll set the stage for you. Um, back in 2015, the organization went through a rebrand. And um, we had a, a former name, it was formerly National Academy Foundation. And we really wanted to rebrand to first align our messaging in a, in a lot more strategic way. And so we rebrand to NAF. And while NAF itself is not an acronym and it doesn't stand for anything per se, it really is um, the full essence of who we are in terms of our mission, that we, NAF is a career-focused nonprofit that is looking to ensure students are future ready. And so that led to our new tagline, which is Be Future Ready. Um, so that is sort of the basis of where we started with our marketing campaigns. And then we looked at our messaging as I as I shared and really making define and align what are we all about, what do we want to say, and who are the different audiences that we need we need to say it to. Um, and then last year, coming out of the pandemic or in 2021, coming out of the pandemic, we really wanted to really tap in again to our audience, to our network, what we call our network are all of our audience groups that we talked about. And we can we created this campaign called Name a Future. 
because it is essentially what we do. We support students in naming a future for themselves. And it was a pride campaign, right? It really was focused internally with our network because we wanted them to tie in again and tap into what NAF was all about, why they decided to enroll and be a part of a NAF Academy. And for the educators, you know, helping support the students as they are building pride for NAF along with their, you know, their high school or they would for their local sports teams. Right. And so uh, the campaign was um, multi-layered and we developed brand. First of all, we developed a site lit because what we heard was that they wanted a place, our students, our educators, our alumni to tell their story in, in one place. You know, where can they share their story about um, you know, alumni who graduated from an AF Academy and end up getting a full ride and they follow that path and now they work at, you know, an oil company um, or another um, student who graduated and worked and went to trade school. They wanted a place where they could tell their story. And so Name of Future was the perfect campaign. Um, so we created a, a specific sitelet for Name of Future campaign. We developed, you know, new branding across the country, of course, we'll roll that out to all our 600 plus academies. We had different themed um, blogs and social posts where we really elevated, amplified the voice of our alumni and our students. And we actually launched it at our our annual conference, professional development conference for our educators in the summer of 2021. And we wanted to get the educators involved because we knew that if we got them involved, they would then share that to the students, right? It becomes a little bit easier. And the educators really really, really latched onto it. We saw a, a significant increase in our social media engagement. A lot more students and educators started following us, started really engaging with our social posts. Um, it came a lot easier to get um, fresh content and stories directly from our students and educators on our blog. So that was really great. And then we also saw an increase and in really, I guess you say an improvement in our numbers in terms of our email marketing. Um, so what we learned is that our educators and students have a lot to say, and they're really proud of being a part of the NAF Academy. They really want to share all the successes that they've had, all the different opportunities that students have had, the internships, um, the mentors that they've been able to, to gain through their NAF Academy. And so what we learned is that we have a really strong network and we need to continue to find new ways to tell their stories. Have you used that strength of network now in future campaigns or how do you plan to kind of activate on that learning? If you can even give us a preview of things that you all are thinking about as you head into the new year. Yes, yes, yes. We definitely pull into that. So, you know, we have had some great um, success definitely lately on the, you know, earned media side of the house for our comms because we have so many um, spokespeople and stakeholders. We have so many ambassadors that want to tell their NAF story. And so being able to share that human interest story, also from parents of NAF students that are being successful and the parents know because of the NAF journey, their 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 child, their student is ever more ready for the future. So that has really helped in having opportunities for media placements and media interviews. So that's always good. Um, but also on the digital side, you know, we have a lot more strategic content, right? We are speaking directly to not only our business partners who want to hear directly from alumni about the success of their NAF Academy, but we hear donors want to understand, you know, where are their funds going and how is it supporting the future generation or innovators of the future? 
current students in AF academies want to hear from each other because the network is so vast. I think sometimes you can forget that you're a part, that these students are a part of a larger network of 100,000 students, right? And so we've definitely used all those stories through our social channels. We've also digged a little bit deeper into our data. And so what we're doing now and planning for the future is adding data storytelling to a piece of our work, digging deeper into what our data tells us about what students are doing now and where alumni are going, um, because we really think that will resonate even more, not only with business partners and obviously donors, but in the long run, it really strengthens what we already know about our work. It affirms that the NAF design is strong and well. In 40 years plus, we're still being able to innovate and answer the call for what students and, and schools need. And then last, I'll say, um, we've really used a lot of those stories that we received from Name a Future on our website. Earlier this week, actually, which was exciting, we launched our refreshed NAF.org website that if you were on the website before, you would see a significant change, right? Everything from the storytelling to the bright, bold colors. Um, there's a lot more places for quotes and videos. And again, you're hearing directly from our from our audience. And that's been really important. We've also expanded um, some areas on our website to speak directly to the work that we're doing now. So you can imagine if your organization has been around for 40 years, right? Uh, sometimes some organizations might fall behind, right? Because time changes. And, you know, what can I, I can say from our executive team, um, our, our CEO, Lisa Doogie, and all of the staff at NAV, we've really been able to um, stay ahead of the curve and innovate as the industry and, the, and technology changes. And so that's been really important to us, been seeing some really great engagement and impressions. I'm really proud of the work that we're doing as a whole, but in particular, uh, my team in marketing communications. Absolutely. There's two things I want to elevate from there is one is just your all's commitment to using the voice of the community as part as a core element of your marketing strategy. And we often forget we don't need to create things often in marketing. We just need to elevate or curate uh, the things that are actually real and true. And I feel like that's what makes great marketing is it has to be true and it has to be something that is is felt and specific. And so I just want to highlight that and emphasize that I see that that's what you all are doing as well. The other thing you mentioned was digging into your data to find the stories. Often we talk about data as like, oh, what's our optimization and our metrics and this, that. We talk about data from like a, a segmentation and optimization side. But what I like what you said is how do we actually dig into like maybe using a different word, the raw materials of like what's true in our organization and what is that data telling us to do or to talk about? And so you talked about the different network effects and different things like that. And often I think we forget that in marketing as we focus on being creative and then we focus on optimizing against conversion metrics versus saying like, what is the data of our business telling us that we might be able to elevate in that? And so those are two things I think others can glean from this conversation is activating your community's voice as you're marketing and then digging into the data to find new stories to share and elevate as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll touch upon both quickly. Um, you know, again, the storytelling, listening to our communities has been really key for us because what we know is every different audience, all six that we that we target, 
while they understand the core of NAF, they really want to understand and hear from people who have been impacted directly, but it resonates with their group. So for policymakers, they want to probably, they probably want to hear from educators who are saying, this has been so impactful for our district or, you know, superintendents, this has been so impactful for our school district. And this is why, you know, funding for work-based learning is so key. And so that's something that probably resonates with policymakers. For donors, for you and I, you know, I'm sure there's organizations that you give to and that you donate to on a regular basis. Think about it. What was it about that organization that prompted you or inspired you to continue to give, right? And for for us, that's how we think about it. What is it that's going to stand out to a donor? Is it because they have a child they or they're a recent graduate, so they've seen the proof of sort of the work of NAV Academy? Or is it, you know, just, a, you know, perhaps a retired couple who they wish they would have had this for their child when they were in high school, right? And I think for everyone it's different, but when we can pull out those individual stories, it really has made a difference. And I think We've always done that, but I will, I can say in the last couple of years, we're being a lot more intentional at also sharing a diverse array of stories of students that may not always go to all oh, go to college, or some might go to apprenticeship, some might go to trade school, or some may just, as I said earlier, take some time after high school. But telling the diverse stories from students who are very different, I think also resonates. Um, and from the data piece, yeah, I mean, Segmentation is key for us. Clearly, we'll get into that a little bit. But in terms of, I think it's more about the data that reaffirms who we are as an organization, that reaffirms our mission. So yes, it's wonderful. We have over 100,000 students and we have a 99% graduation rate of students that are part of NAF academies. That's incredible. That's truly, truly incredible. But what we also know is that if we lift the hood, there is going to be data in there that tells someone this is why work-based learning is so key for future readiness for students, right? It's one thing to go to high school and to have an after-school job, which is also important. But when students are given hands-on learning, when they can actually go to, you know, an engineering firm or architecture firm and see how robots are put together, and then they come back and they build a robot for themselves, that's life-changing. That is opening the eyes and exposing them to another part of the field, or perhaps maybe it's something that they didn't think they they were capable of doing. But once they have a, a mentor and an industry professional and their educator there, and obviously their parents, of course, and their guardian, pushing them along, it really can make a difference between night and day for many students. And we really try to dig into that. What is work-based learning all about? Where does NAF sit in this sphere of the future of work and the future of education? We're right at the epicenter, truly. For 40 years, we've been able to innovate and to, and to, while staying true to our mission, of course, but really answer the call for what students and educators need. Um, and so the data, if you, up, if you lift up the hood, the data can help storytelling strengthen it. And honestly, Noah, I think sometimes in data storytelling or data pulling, I think that many look for only the the positive, right? What data is really going to amplify us? And of course you want that, right? But I think it's also important to perhaps, maybe not elevate, but to spotlight data that shows the gap. 
because in the gap, there might be some gray space of where you might be able to really leverage and to tell a story that's fresh and new. You might be able to (laughs) tell your story in a way in which you've never told it before because you have some data. It says, hey, only 2% of high school students graduate with internships. Hmm. Well, what can we do as an organization to answer that? At NAF, we found that answer. We've solved it, right? With a new with a new innovative product that we've launched called NoPro. But that was found when you look in between the gaps or look in between the lines or whatever, you know, phrase you want to use. But I think that is the really compelling and exciting part of our work is because we get to again dig a little deeper and lift up the hood. Absolutely. And it's sometimes the nesting data that you need to look into. It's not actually like the the big one that you see. It's actually like opening it up and opening it up and opening it up and opening it up. And how do you get down to like those first principle things that are yeah. truly important and elevate those? Again, specificity and being true are some of the most powerful ways that you can market and not just be generalized, you know, and it's something even we at Feather are working on doing better in the work that we're doing. Well, Camille, I feel like we could talk for forever, but what I would love to do is ask you one more question that I feel like I started the conversation with, but we didn't get to cover yet, which is how was your experience in athletics and sports marketing now applied to how you think about nonprofit marketing? Mm. And is there any takeaways that you would encourage others to embed in their marketing approach uh, at their nonprofit? Yeah, no, such a great question. Um, it will sound like a little bit like a broken record, but it has really rang true for me throughout my career. You know, in sports marketing and sports PR, it's almost like the cheat code, if I'm being quite honest, because most people like sports. You have these flashy celebrities for the most part. Um, and so there's a lot to market, right? You're really never at a lack of for storylines or, you know, stats or things of that nature to really elevate their story. And I guess for me, I really enjoy the challenge of digging for a story. What is it that we can do a little bit different? And the number one, I think, takeaway is to readdress and evaluate your messaging, your narrative, because I truly believe that that is the foundation for all things in marketing and communications. Once you can really review, evaluate, and perhaps rewrite your messaging I believe that that will make your marketing a little bit simpler because you've defined who you are. You've written it down on a piece of paper that can help with, you know, media interviews that can help with the content building that you do across all your different um, channels, including email marketing, social media, obviously um, targeted ads, things of that nature. And so I would say just to evaluate and review and potentially, like I said, refine your messaging. I would also say that segmentation is key, right? So I've talked about our six different audience groups and it it is a lot and it can be overwhelming at times. But I think what we figured out is where each audience lives, where, where they will be. We know that parents are on Facebook and so are educators. We know that business partners and donors are more than likely on LinkedIn and X. And we know that students or alumni are on Instagram, TikTok, right? And so that's how we target our messaging. Again, we know what our messaging is and we know who our groups are, but we target our content based on where 
where our audience live and where more than likely they like to receive their information. We do that through our email marketing. We segment our email marketing based on age groups, based on locations, based on you know what audience group they, they fall within. And so segmentation is really going to be key. Um, and third, storytell. And when you think you've figured out all the different story angles, do some more digging because there's more in there. Um, those will be, I think, the three things that I have taken from sports and now into nonprofit that have always been true, always been storytelling, always segmenting and always messaging. Well, Camille, this has been really great. And I appreciate you giving of your experience and expertise and so many takeaways from today's call. If individuals want to stay connected with you and maybe even learn from the marketing NAF is doing, how should they do that? We would love for everyone to stay in contact with us, to learn more about the wonderful work that we're doing at NAF and how perhaps we can partner and support one another in this work to support under-resourced communities and future leaders of tomorrow. Um, But you can find NAF on all of our social channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, X, TikTok. We're at NAF Career Acads. So that's N-A-F Career Acads, A-C-A-D-S. And we're all over social media. You can also check out our latest refreshed website at NAF.org that we're very proud of. And then for myself, I can be found on LinkedIn, Camille Curry, would love to connect with other marketers and share ideas, brainstorm. Obviously, I'm based on the East Coast, but uh, remote world is here. And so we really just love to tap in and to learn more about all the wonderful work that everyone is doing and how we can all partner together. Excellent. Well, I know many will take advantage of that. Camille, it's been great. And we look forward to having you back in the studio again soon. Great. Noah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.